Welcome everybody to the Q2Q podcast. If you don't know us by now, my name is Becca. My name is Ben. And we are joined once again by the wonderful Brian Green. Welcome, Brian. Oh, that guy again? Really? Yeah. Back by popular demand. We like him. Oh, yay. Thank you. Um, That's so nice of you. We, if you guys missed the last episode that Brian was on, Brian is one of the hosts of Theme Park This. Last week, we actually had Scott on as well to talk about Mission Breakout, and Brian's back to jump into this week's wonderful topic. Um, So, but before we jump into our topic and or the news, we've got to ask the most important questions. Ben, how was your week? My week was a little chaotic. I am in the last steps of packing for my trip. I leave tomorrow at 1 p.m. And I'm going to Orlando. I'm nice. Going to experience the magic firsthand. How'd your uh, how'd your show go? You were in next to normal, right? Uh no, I was in uh, Fun Home actually. Same. Theater. Oh, Fun Home. Yeah, I mixed. Yeah, yeah I mixed those. No, 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 it's okay. Um, so we we're actually still running Fun Home. Um, I have a sub going on for me while I am away, and then I'll be taking back up the mantle when I come back. Oh, very cool. I like Fun yeah. Home. It's a good show. It's a great show. I'm having a good time. Um, but yes, yeah, so my week is uh frantic how about (laughs) y'all uh my week was great i got my second dose of the vaccine yesterday so i am slowly getting that good 5g into my body yeah let me know how the signal comes through for you well apparently bad because you'll hear it on the q to q bonus outtakes this week of the amount of times that we tried to record this intro before switching to a different method so maybe it's pretty pretty finicky but yeah i'm excited the fact that um i'm fully vaccinated one step closer to to things going back to normal brian how about you how was your week uh it's been a been a good week uh where uh my wife and i we just we're buying a house right now like we had just been kind of sick we've been like casually looking and the, the market right now in austin is just terrible and so we where it's kind of like casually looking, we had kind of resigned to like, okay, we're not going to get to live in Austin properly, a uh, proper, uh, because prices are just insane and people from California are coming into town and, it, and just coming with giant cash offers because they're selling their house in California. Um, but there was this house that's like 10 minutes, like 10, 15 minutes from my school. And we saw it on a, we just saw it on a whim and we we're like, we like this. And we were like, hey, we would like to put in an offer on this. And it, our first offer that we put in got accepted. And yeah. which is awesome. a miracle in these yeah. parts right now. <laughs> it's, Seriously. Uh, yeah. So we, we've gone from, hey, we're probably going to move around October to, oh, we're moving in May. Wow. <laughs> and, Exciting. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Uh, Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. The housing market is a weird thing because if you're a seller in Austin, the market is great right now. If you're oh, a buyer, sure. it is not. Yeah, uh, everything's going like 50,000 over asking. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, and that's not just it's most places right yeah, now. Yeah, that's not just Austin. I know that currently my parents are looking at selling their house and um they're they're like the people that are doing the whole thing they're like do it as soon as you can because we don't know how like when this is going to stop so congratulations thank you thank you i'm looking forward to it yeah so what are we all drinking this week brian what's what's you got okay so i got here i have a dogfish head 120 minute ipa uh, which is uh oh man if you're an ipa lover uh you haven't had one of these 
uh you should get it uh it's a uh like really really strong it's uh, uh what is it how much it's 15 to 20 uh abv whoa yeah so it's uh it's empty <laughs> so if i start slurring my words by the end of this uh you know <laughs> um but yeah i wanted something special and uh something special to uh knock back while i was chatting with y'all um these are really these are really great aged which is great these uh this one I, i'm drinking right now was bottled in 2018 oh wow so uh Very what nice. i do is when they come out i usually just like i'll buy you know a few of them i'll buy like three or four uh they're like 12 bucks a piece so you can't really buy too many uh and so i'll buy a few of them and just like leave them and i just kind of like i have first in first out so i'll have a once that are a couple years old just hanging out ready to go wow awesome that's well, i feel magical. honored <laughs> i know i was like taking out the big guns for our little tiny show mm. and, and also I was, you know it it was just a long day at work too so i just wanted something <laughs> I hear that. What about you, Becca? <laughs> I have, oh, I just ripped the label off because I'm a menace. Um, I have a Sam Adams porch rocker. It is Sam Adams summer season. Um, That's what I thought it was. I'm very and, jealous. Um, I grabbed it. I went to like uh, one of my friends is moving away. So we had like a little masked gathering outside uh, over the weekend. And before we went, I was like, Mike, is there going to be alcohol there? And he was like, probably and i was like well if there's not i'll be sad so i'm gonna pick some up and this this was <laughs> what was at the local walgreens so have you ever tried it before not before this but i know that it's it's a lemon rattler so mm -hmm. i knew that it i would like it because actually one of my favorite beers is offered during food and wine at the canada pavilion and it's called the moosehead rattler and it's a grapefruit one Ooh. so so i knew i liked the style of beer so that's why i thought it it was a good choice, which I do. I really, really like it. This is my last one. So <laughs> there it goes. Yep. Ben, are you drinking anything? Um, well, I'm very jealous of what you're drinking and I wish I had one, but I'm kind of <laughs> still going my dry week. So I'm knocking back a polar seltzer right now. Woohoo. That's nothing wrong with that. Your new drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the same flavor. Uh, yep. The orange vanilla. Good, good, good. Oh, that sounds back. good. Oh, it's like, it's great. I think it's the least terrible seltzer i've ever had the least <laughs> terrible seltzer are you saying that seltzers are terrible i drink seltzers like non-stop i know i, no, I actually do enjoy seltzers i have a lot of friends that can't stand them and i don't really know why um but no this is a really good one i definitely recommend it oh it's funny that like people don't like i understand why people don't like seltzers but the reason i like soda and like liked soda as a kid was the bubbles so mm -hmm. Seltzer to me is like none of the calorie, all of the bubble. Right. <laughs> and that's and that, all I want. And similar to beer too, you know, that's probably why I drink as much beer as I do. Cause yeah, the carbonation. Um, mm -hmm. Seltzer, I'm probably doing my body a favor, but. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, let's jump right into the news. This, uh, this one is not, not quite Shay's Esoterica this week, but Shay texted me very excited today about this life-size Tinkerbell meet and greet that was debuted at Disney California Adventure today. Using projections, Tinkerbell appears in different places in her workshop. So they've set up kind of this little area for her that looks like, um, like a Tinker workshop. And she's fully interactive and will address you by name, but she appears tiny, like Tinkerbell size in all of these, like in a, in a mirror, she'll fly around the room. She'll be in her lantern and it's, but there's a live actor somewhere 
interesting being projected it's so cool and and i just think that this is first of all a win in imagineering in design and immersive theming but also currently in covid when you can't have in-person meet and greets this is a beautiful solution yeah it's perfect it's it's brilliant it's so good and yeah i i i always get uncomfortable at uh at meet and greets you know i'm like i'm an adult you know 30 some odd year old man and i feel really weird about it uh so i feel like this would make me feel less weird i i think so i i i like it it's it's really cool and i like i like that they're using like theatrical tricks like you know i think pepper's ghost they use that to make her there put her there it's Mm -hmm. real cool yeah i'm I'm surprised this is in dca and not in uh you know right across the street but uh, the, uh, well right across the street isn't open yet yeah fair so um, they're yeah uh, right now they're doing the touch of disney at california adventure yep they haven't opened disneyland proper yet ah uh, okay that makes more sense mm-hmm. um i can't wait to see to see more of that so that's very exciting um next on the news is that disney is set to unveil details for their newest cruise ship the disney wish on april 29th it's and it's scheduled maiden voyage is the summer of 2022 have you guys ever been on a disney cruise i have uh i did when i was in seventh grade i think uh, something like that sixth or seventh grade uh, and yeah it was amazing and we were actually supposed to go on one my dad retired this past year uh, we were supposed to go on a christmas cruise to the bahamas uh and of course you know, COVID that got canceled. Uh, so we are rescheduled for summer of 2022. Uh, we're going to Alaska, which I'm kind of bummed about Alaska, but I'm excited for the free cruise that my dad is paying for. So I'm not going to complain. I've, <laughs> well, I've heard that Alaskan <laughs> cruises are very nice because it, especially if you go in the summer, it's not, it's still colder than average, but it's probably not freezing in the okay, summer. So here's the thing though. Like I, I'm a Texan, so I'm a, a complete baby when it comes Fair. to cold weather, <laughs> especially, you know, like Texas froze over this year for a week. And that was so weird. Uh, yeah, I went to Missoula, Montana for a theater camp when I was a kid. And I just remember it was so cold. and I saw snow in the in June and mm-hmm. I could not believe it. <laughs> and so, wow. yeah, it was it was a, I think it was an especially cold year for them, but it was it was real weird. And so that's for my summer. I'm like, oh, do we really want to go to Alaska? My dad's not listening to this, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I understand that. I loved my Disney cruise. I was in the teenage bracket when I went on my Disney cruise. um, And my sister had just aged out of the teenage bracket. So I was like left to defend myself in the teen club and I made friends that I still talk to, to these, this day. And it's, it's so great. I, uh, one of them I like almost went to his like high school graduation party back in the day. Cause it just happened to line up and it, but it didn't work out, but we joke that we want to have a reunion, a reunion tour of the people on that cruise. So maybe, maybe 2022 is the year to do it. That's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good time. Um, Bush Gardens Tampa announced that, that they will be bringing back indoor shows beginning May 28th, which will include their classic ice skating show, Turn It Up, and their new acrobatic show, Cirque Electric. Now, 
I haven't seen their like normal operating indoor shows, but I saw their winter ice skating show and that was really impressive. So Mm. I, I mean, Universal Studios already has the horror makeup show that's been running indoors. So I, I, it doesn't feel like too much of a difference. Um, but. And they're also running the, uh, uh, the Born Identity show, right? Yes, they yeah. have been running Born. I mean, all of those are, they place parties socially distant from each other, yeah. but still it's an indoor show. That's a cool show. I want to see that. I know. Um, Brian, you're going down to Florida in June. Are you hitting Universal or just going to Disney? Uh, we are not hitting Universal. If, like, I, There's part of me that wants to just like kind of poke them a little bit with uh, my theme park this account because uh, Velocicoaster opens the day that we have a down day at Disney where uh, we plan to not go to any parks that day and just hang around. And there's part of me that's like, hmm, I wonder if they'd let me, if they'd, uh, if, you know, my podcast would uh, get me, get me in. I don't know. Let you, <laughs> let you, how about you take your day off of, of theme parking to spend 12 hours in one theme park line? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I have a podcast a hundred people listen to. Let me in. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, what were you talking about? Indoor shows. Right. Indoor shows. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it because it feels like, yes, it's great that shows are coming back, um, but also Universal's been doing indoor shows. So mm-hmm. I think it might have just been a comfort level. Maybe the city didn't allow it. That's true. Hmm. I've been doing so, indoor show. So, so <laughs> this is this brings up a question I had. Uh, last week with Scott, uh, you were talking about park capacity and you were saying like oh it's it never really get like unless it's like really heavy period it never really gets over 30 to 40 percent is that what you're saying and like this is pretty much normal yeah uh, what what is weird about that to me is that without shows you are taking a, a pretty big there's some pretty big people leaders that are taken out of the formula there correct so when you have when you don't have you know you're at hollywood studios and you don't have indiana jones stunt spectacular to eat like a thousand people yeah a thousand <laughs> people at a time that right there like that's just going to make everything else more crowded so like what like what are they doing by limiting the <laughs> uh, limiting it? it's not doing anything is it you know <laughs> that's a very good point brian <laughs> that's kind of theme i've seen with pandemic response across the board um i'd say like when we first started and you saw grocery stores limiting hours like wouldn't it make more sense to have extended hours so less people are in there at once right <laughs> but yeah you know, I, I, th- I think i think for that they were like looking for extra time to clean things and sanitize everything mm-hmm. yeah but of course yeah, we found out that's all performative and it's not really living on surfaces i mean like- it's it's difficult because I think as you, I mean, I think as you see people getting vaccinated and vaccine numbers going up, you're, you're going to not have to limit your capacity. I actually think that capacity will be lifted more than mask restrictions will. Mm -hmm. I think they'll Mm -hmm. let more people in before they take away the the restrictions. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney or if the Florida parks were completely open by July with capacity levels. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, Florida's still kind of a hot mess though right now. You know, that's correct. I would be I would not be setting foot in Florida if, if I weren't fully vaccinated. I yeah. 
Well, Ben, good luck. Have fun, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Report back. Uh, I will. Um, speaking of shows, uh, a modified Festival of the Lion King is returning to Animal Kingdom in mid-May. Oh, that's great. I love Festival of the Lion King. Me too. Glad I'm going to Animal Kingdom on Sunday and not in May. <laughs> well, it's also mid-May, Ben. So... Sorry. Man, for the listener back. at home, Ben is pouting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my grumpy face. Yeah. <laughs> it will be featured on the Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Subscribe to see my grumpy face. <laughs> <laughs> Where we talk about everything that isn't a theme park. <laughs> Literally, we don't talk about theme parks on the nope. Patreon. <laughs> Not possible. If you think you're getting this, you're getting all the chaos with none of the theme parks. <laughs> That, that is, should be that our tagline of our Patreon. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the Festival of the Lion King, so I'm happy that it's back. Um, I think what it'll about be- Finding Nemo. I want Finding Nemo the Musical to come back. I love Finding Nemo the Musical. I do too. It was getting some hate on Twitter recently, and I oh, was not. It made here me for so it. mad. I was, I was like, I am not going to jump into this. Oh, I did. Finding Nemo the Musical is so good. I was like, excuse me, Sean. Go with the flow slaps. Next question. Yes, it does. It's so good. <laughs> and uh, so last year, so when we were talking about doing our our school musical, uh, for the listeners at home, I'm a middle school theater teacher. And we were talking about doing uh, Finding Nemo the musical. And, but the, the rights weren't available until this, uh, until next year. Wait, it's actually a thing you can do? Yes, you can do Finding Nemo what? Junior, uh, do it as a junior show. And Amazing. it's it's like perfect. It's already like you know forty five minutes, which is what a you know a junior show tends to be. Uh, and so I had actually talked to, uh, before I realized that the rights wouldn't be available for my school year this year. Which you know we never we didn't do a musical this year anyway because of COVID. But uh, I was talking to my friend who works at Disney World, be like, hey, I'd love to go just like do a meetup with someone in the cast to help uh, to record a video and do the announcement of the musical. Cause that's what I did with little mermaid. I was at Disneyland one day and I was, I ran into Ariel. It was like, Hey, I'm going to record a quick video and announce this with her on video. And it was so cute. It was the cutest that's thing so ever. Good. Uh, the, the, uh, the girl playing Ariel was just like, Oh, break fins, everyone. I, <laughs> I cried. That's so <laughs> like good. I wanted to cry so bad. It was so good. <sighs> I hope that. Finding Nemo the Musical is a very well done musical. I think uh, the person who posted that video is right that there are some forgettable moments uh, in that show. But there was during ragtime, Ben, I don't know if you remember this. um, During ragtime, there was a heavy debate about if it was to be a full length musical, where would intermission go? And we decided that it would go before Not My Dad and Not My Dad would be that like teaser that brought you back from intermission mm. um that'd be good because we said that go with the flow is is the 11 o'clock number it's the oh, one yeah. that that bumps you back into it but anyway it, it slaps real hard so good um next on the news knott's berry farm is offering a 101 dollars season pass to rival its competitors here oh yeah that's great here's not saying come on into our park we're affordable <laughs> i well that's ben we've man. been talking about um we're planning some six flags adventures this summer six mm-hmm. Flags season passes right now are 50 dollars for every six flags park 
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I got to buy my season pass. (laughs) Like for me who we live about three hours from New England and then another hour to two hours from the, the upstate New York location and then me moving to Georgia in the late summer, it's like, it's a no brainer. Go get a Six Flags season pass. I, I don't know. I can't believe that. How much money does Six Flags have to make on their merchandise and their food if their season passes are dirt? I mean, you come in, you buy a churro and they're making money. You know, it costs so much money to, you know, operate the rides and all that. So like, you know, you buy a churro, you buy a hamburger, like it, they end up making money that way because if they need those people in the door, they need, they need people in there. It's, it's crazy. Moving on. Um, Hotel Transylvania attraction is to open at Russia's Dream Island theme park, which I didn't know this existed. Um, it's just in time for the next Hotel Transylvania movie, which I did not know was happening. Um, could have ended at two, in my opinion. Uh, the third one was kind of bad. Um, <laughs> and apparently these movies are insanely popular in Russia. They grossed 19 million in Russia. In wow. the, like the third movie did, the vacation one. Um, so visitors in this new Hotel Transylvania Moscow attraction will be able to tour Dracula's resort and meet its unusual guests after walking across a bridge over a foggy moat to enter the hotel's lobby. From there, Dracula will guide them through more than 10 locations. And in addition to this ride, the zone will also include the Tavern of Fear snack bar, a Vampire Bites burger cafe, and the Transylvania Treasures gift shop. This sounds great. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really great. This is, uh, yeah, it sounds awesome. I haven't actually watched any of these movies, but, you know, Scott keeps telling me I need to watch them. Uh, but, yeah, we did a, a we did an episode of uh, an entire park based on Sony properties, and we, we spent a lot of time talking about what would the Hotel Transylvania park look like, and it's cool. It's going to be a reality. Yeah, I really liked the first two movies. Um, the third one, I remember seeing bits of it, but I, I couldn't, it wasn't worth my time to watch all of it, I thought. Was that the um, cruise one? Yes, that was the cruise one. Um, but yeah, I liked the first one. Um, so yeah, who was it Scott's idea for the Hotel Transylvania ride? Yeah. He, of course he, it was. Yeah, he talked a lot about that. Not like, I, I since I didn't hadn't seen it, I had no, nothing to say about it, but it, it looked, sounded cool. That man knows too much about movies. He, oh my god, <laughs> Scott! Like I'm like, where do you find the time? How dare you? <laughs> he, I don't remember what That's he funny. what he tweeted at me the other day, but I was like, how do you know this? <laughs> um, oh, it was about uh, I was watching paramount plus and i was upset that franklin wasn't on paramount plus because i wanted to go down a like nostalgic hole and he was like wait like that that nick jr show about the turtle yeah but apparently it's a (laughs) private canadian company that produced the show which is why it's not owned by viacom or nickelodeon and i was like scott how do you just know that off your the top of your head (laughs) welcome to my life like yeah that's 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 every day with scott i love him Uh, (laughs) hi scott hi scott uh then next the london resort in you know london unveils dinosaur themed world um at their brand new resort that's opening down down there and it's 
supposedly housing the fastest roller coaster in Europe. It can't wait to, yeah, I can't wait to ride the the English Velocicoaster. It literally, like looking at the concept art, I was like, this is just Jurassic Park. <laughs> like to the point where like it looked, I'm sure it's pterodactyls in their little preview, but it just, it looks like pterodon flyers, like pteranodon. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, someday we'll get there, um, but it, it looks just like Jurassic Park, only in England. Here we go. Um, next on the news, a new Pixar short featuring what 22 did before Joe is going to unveil on Disney Plus by the end of April. I loved Soul. That that was so good. So we did too. New, new short. I'm excited about that. I just want more of what happens to Souls and like what, how did 22, like she's, her name is 22. What did, what happened? What's she doing? You know, been chilling. I don't know. I thought for, for at first, I thought that she was going to go down and like be one of his students, but then she ended up in a completely different continent. It looked like. Uh, I watched, was it super Carlin brothers that were like, does that matter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, and then last on the news is uh, as of today, the state of California has changed their opening procedures for theme parks. Brian, you know more about this. Yeah. So uh, Carly Wiesel, she was doing some investigating because uh, SeaWorld, their policy was saying that they would they, were, they would let in out-of-state guests into the park, uh, SeaWorld San Diego specifically, would let out-of-state guests into the park if they were either fully vaccinated or if they could provide a negative COVID test within from within 48 hours. Uh, and so there was like this weird confusion. Carly was like, I, I don't know where this is coming from. And she was able to find like a tiny little blurb in California's like it, their, their rules about COVID uh, their guidelines and that said that, but it didn't specify what it was for. It didn't specify whether it was for theme parks or sporting events, anything like that. And so she was just doing some more digging, digging, digging. And then California, uh, the state of California, very distinctly said, this applies to theme parks. This applies to theme parks. And uh, before you start running over to Disneyland, uh, Disneyland is not going to be... Uh, following that rule they're still going to be uh, they're deciding to stay open only for uh for people who live in california that's pretty responsible of them yeah i i, I appreciate i i think that's a good call on their part even though i was you know thinking about staying on scott's couch this summer you know for a couple of days so i can I mean... go to avengers campus <laughs> And and that's so I assume that they're gonna ask for like ID and things when you yeah get there. I assume I assume they're gonna ask for ID. Uh, it's funny because last year, back in February, uh, right before COVID hit, um, my wife and I we went to California, and what we did was we uh, we bought annual passes because we 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 had such great plans for that year, and yep. <laughs> that were shot shot in the head uh but like we wanted to do the the pay month by month for our annual pass uh but you can only do that as a california resident so we squatted on uh, we digitally squatted on 
uh, Scott's apartment. <laughs> so uh, they never even asked. They never asked for an ID. You know, we just had a credit card that we put the billing address to his uh, to his house, and it worked out. Yeah, for I go. mean, I did the same thing with my my Universal Annual because I got it while I was a college program participant, which counts as residency. Um, and then when it automatically renewed, I had it on monthly payments. So I just didn't say anything and just let, got the in, in-state price. So nice. So, yeah, we ended up getting a pretty good deal on our tickets though, for that one trip we took to Disneyland with our annual pass. Cause they refunded everything else. And I think we ended up paying like you know, 30 bucks or something like 30, 40 bucks, you know, not bad two days at Disneyland. That was a good, <laughs> good deal. Yeah, not bad at all. Pretty good. Well, with that, that concludes the news, and we will be right back to to jump into this week's topic. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with ScribbleScript Studio. ScribbleScript is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area, and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram. Make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you. And if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. And we are back. We're back. What a great ad that was. I'm going to buy some stickers now. Oh, you should. Fantastic. Uh, shout out to Emma at Scribble Script. Uh, who makes a ton of designs for us. Some new ones coming soon for our summer collection. So stay tuned for that. Um, Inside jokes, inside jokes, inside jokes. So many only will buy them, but it doesn't matter because I want it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this week's episode is a continuation on our series of What the Fuck Star Wars. We will be talking about the history of Hyperspace Mountain. Um, Now, this one isn't so much of a what the fuck. This one kind of is a thing that at least I'm okay with to an extent, I guess. Um, Though I've never been on it. So maybe my opinion is wrong. But before we jump in- The ride-throughs I've seen- it's more like a why the fuck have I not been on this? <laughs> that's that's my opinion too. Um, but before we jump into the history, I'm going to talk about the sources, and then Brian, I assume you've been on it, so we'll get your opinion too. So our sources today come from Disneyland News, the LA Times, the OC Register, D23, Wikipedia, Disney Parks blog, and the good old Wikipedia. So Brian, you've been on this ride. Tell us about it a little bit. Oh man, Hyperspace Mountain is so good, and like <laughs> Space Mountain is already good. And then you're adding a movie that you just, you love so much. And like, okay, fine. Like, you know, the California locals hate it. Like they hate hyperspace mountain. And I'm like, why? What do you not enjoy joy and happiness? Uh, but <laughs> it's, oh no, it's just so much fun though. Cause like you get the star Wars music and I love, I love the space mountain theme. Don't get me, like, I love it. And regular space mountain is great, but you know, you have projections of TIE Fighters and X-Wings and, you know, pew-pews going everywhere. And uh, then, like, at the end of the ride, you come face-to-face with a TIE Fighter that shoots lasers at you. And it is so good. And you blow up the Death Star. 
and it's it's so triumphant and fun and it put it, it somehow puts a story on this roller coaster that is already just like a, a kitty coaster in the dark and it's <laughs> great i like it, it puts on such a a, a good story on this and somehow it, it's it, it's really great i love it because it's good nice it's fun that yeah, it, awesome. it's one of my biggest regrets of uh, the day I went to Disneyland. I was, uh, it was, I think, the second day that we were in California. And mind you, I was on tour at the time. I took a week off of tour to go for the Thanksgiving break for Disneyland. So I was jet lagged from waking up super early from, from tour. And we got in line for hyperspace mountain, but I was just so cranky and so tired. And we waited like maybe 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And like, it was like a, it was like a 60 to 70 minute wait. Cause it was Thanksgiving week, but yeah, I decided I didn't want to do it. So we didn't do it. And now I fully regret it. Oh, I just, I'm disappointed. It's, it's so good. It's a little weird because you go up the lift hill, like you go up the lift hill and it plays like the, the theme like that uh it plays that like plays that as you're going up and then but it's a little weird because then you level out then you turn and then go up and then you go up a second lift hill (laughs) yeah and so like then you're at that point you're watching uh like there are projections of a tie fighter battle like an x-wing tie fighter battle going on on the ceiling and so but the music is so good and it's there's something about pairing that coaster, which I, I am a big fan of uh, California's space mountain. I think it's way better than Florida's and, you know, come at me, Florida people. Um, I, and I love, but there's something about that ride that is, is so well enhanced by the star Wars IP. I think they mm-hmm. do such a good job of uh, putting that at, uh, you skinning that ride as as limited as it is like you 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 ride it and you're like okay that is clearly like a very very easy skin to do it's not like you know uh haunted mansion holiday which i've actually never been on uh like that takes a couple weeks and it's like a big there's there's a lot going on with that this is like okay we're gonna change our projections that we're gonna change the music oh and then there's gonna be a big tie fighter at the end that shoots you uh like i think like the tie fighter is really the hardest thing that they like they probably have to put that in place and make sure it's lit correctly uh like it's it it is definitely a cheap late like overlay and it probably takes them maybe you know a day to get everything in place for that i don't uh but it works really well. It, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, being right next to Star Tours, I think it works really well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, it, it did come before Galaxy's Edge. So at the time, mm-hmm. it was like almost like they were just like, Tomorrowland is Star Wars. And we're going to get into that. So with that, let's jump right in. Yeah. So in 2015, Space Mountain and Disneyland Resort unveiled the newest seasonal celebration to celebrate the newest installment of the Star Wars series franchise, Star Wars The Force Awakens. So this seasonal overlay started on November 16th, 2015 and debuted a ton of new Star Wars features. Seasons of The Force had Star Wars taking over Tomorrowland, as we just mentioned. The moment you walked into the Tomorrowland area, you would hear the classic John Williams soundtrack. So for this celebration, apparently they were like, 
who cares about anything else that's happening in Tomorrowland? Everything is Star Wars. <laughs> Everything is Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Season of the Force brought new scenes to Star Tours. Scenes including BB-8, Kylo Ren, Poe, and Rey now appeared in the randomized adventure simulator ride. Uh, you could now journey to Jakku and other Star Wars destinations that we would be seeing in the newest addition to the Star Wars franchise. Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> i well, love the I force awakens <laughs> it is one of my favorite it's one of my favorites in that series and i i just love it nice i, res- I respect it uh we also see a transformation of the uh intervention show building interventions transformed into the new star wars launch bay where you can now meet some of your favorite characters join the dark side with darth vader or stay with the light side of the force and meet chewbacca and r2d2 there's also a photo op recreation of the hologram chessboard table thank you from <laughs> the canteen is soon i would just like to let everybody know that i typoed and said cheese board so i don't think that star wars has charcuterie so we're a holographic <laughs> cheese board would make me really sad because it's not real cheese it's like just a hologram it. it's like <laughs> it's like that scene in uh that episode of spongebob when plankton comes home and he's just eating meatloaf oh. <laughs> but it's holographic God, has plank- plankton feed on light. Uh, oh, I get it. Um, <laughs> the Jedi training, the Jedi training show would also get an update to be Trials of the Temple, which was a twist on the original Jedi experience that introduced new characters and villains from Star Wars Rebels. They, uh, oh, and don't forget your specialty food from the Galactic Grill, featuring the Darth Tamale for breakfast of blue corn tamale with scrambled eggs, chorizo, red chili sauce, and tomatillo. And also the first order specialty burger, which was Angus beef and chorizo patty, topped with fried cherry peppers, spicy lime aioli, and a dark bun. This dark bun, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the dark buns, but they just, they're they are black. They are, they are dyed to be black and they're a hamburger bun. And it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm a little, un- little uncomfy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. And also, don't forget your dessert, which was the pastry menace, which was an eclair <laughs> filled with milk chocolate filling and a hint of cayenne pepper. I have a lot to say about this. Do they think the pastry menace is a pun? Because it's delivered like a pun, but it's not. It's it not. doesn't work. <laughs> it's... That one missed the landing bay. <laughs> These are, add this to the series of like stupid inside jokes that I want merchandise for, but only I will buy it. (laughs) I will absolutely buy a pastry menace shirt. Uh, But looking at that, and I think I'm so glad the food at Galaxy's Edge is better. Like I I think of like the Ronto wrap and like I crave the Ronto wrap. And, you know, the Ronto wrap, and then you pair it with the, uh, uh, the sour sarlacc people don't talk about the sour sarlacc at galaxy's edge wait explain it <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, lemonade and uh shit what else is in it uh it's a uh, uh, is it alcohol no no oh, uh, at disney world it has alcohol you can get it with alcohol mm. i've only had it at disneyland um where you can't get it with alcohol but it's uh it's got mango and something else. It's like kind of a little spicy and sweet. Ooh, it's it? so good. It's cayenne pepper. We love it. They they pair so well together. <laughs> the uh, the Ronto wrap and the uh, sounds like it. 
uh, sour sarlacc. It's so good. It's like sweet and sour and spicy. Oh, mm, yum. I also just love the shoehorn of like evil thing must have spicy cayenne <laughs> pepper. It's like what? Who? I, don't I mean, know. chocolate and cayenne pepper is pretty darn good. It so. is pretty. Oh, good. it is. The ganachery at Disney Springs has a chocolate that has cayenne pepper in it, and it's very good. Anyway, <laughs> perhaps the biggest change for celebration was that of Hyperspace Mountain. Hyperspace Mountain was a new overlay for the iconic Space Mountain attraction. Now, of course, it's not the first time that Space Mountain has received a temporary overlay in 2006 as part of the year of a million dreams. Disneyland debuted Rock and Space Mountain. Much like Rock and Roller Coaster, Disney thought we needed a has been rock band to spice up their life. Space Mountain and California Screamin' received a new soundtrack featuring the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, Space Mountain featured the song Higher Ground, and California Screamin' featured the song Around the World. Ryan, you really wanted to talk about Space Mountain. uh, Rockin' Space Mountain is... Oh God, it's so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I... First off, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, I I, I feel like it makes so much sense to put them on California Screaming. Yes. I get that. Because, like, a third of their songs are about California. Fine. I, I have issues with them picking Around the World right. instead of one of their California songs. Um, like, I think 2006, Danny California would have been, or Cal- they, obviously they wouldn't want Californication on. Uh, but i think danny california probably was out at that point right i don't know probably i I just think it's funny because like no no shade on red hot chili peppers because i do like the red hot chili peppers but like like i joked that it in the script that it was a has-been rock band but like (laughs) it's the same idea of putting aerosmith on a Disney I'll ride. Say, come at me, Colin Aerosmith, the has-been rock band. Right? <laughs> oh, None of that. <laughs> listen, Ben. Don't diss Aerosmith in my presence. Fine, 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 fine. I reserve my speech. By the way, did y'all know y'all know about the the proposed California rock and roller coaster? No. At some point, California Adventure was supposed to get a rock and roller coaster. Uh, it was supposed to be no doubt. Ooh, that's way fun. I know. I, I'm like, I love Gwen Stefani. High school Brian is so upset that that never happened. Yeah, man. I <laughs> like, would be too. I was obsessed with No Doubt. I was obsessed with Gwen Stefani, and I would have died if I got <laughs> to ride that roller coaster. I think I've said this before on this pod that my favorite, oh yeah, I did. We definitely talked about it on the, the rock and pumpkin coaster. I have a weird connection with Aerosmith because Aerosmith actually played their first concert in the dance hall theater at Canopy Lake park, which is the theater that I frequently I'm operating shows in. So, oh. um, they won a radio contest. It's my favorite fun fact about that building. <laughs> it's my second favorite yeah. fun fact, but the first is that you work there. No, but first is that it was built by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company. The building was. Isn't that insane? The building was built by a roller coaster company. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. If the rock in Space Mountain wasn't enough for you, try the Ghost Galaxy Halloween overlay. Ghost Galaxy would take you through the queue and show you a green storm appearing over the planet, causing disruptions in communication. Oh no. Right itself, it would take place in the complete darkness as a skeletal nebula creature 
Um, uh, it takes place in the center of the portal to space. There's a portal to space. There's a portal to space. Uh, grabbing the frame, it unleashes a shock of energy and the rocket takes off. Uh, throughout the attraction, we are chased by this creepy creature. Yeah, I've pretty- never. Go ahead. I've never ridden Ghost Galaxy. Uh, I'm hoping maybe this year. I actually have never ridden the Halloween one at Magic Kingdom either. It's never been my priority. Oh, I didn't know they did it at Magic Kingdom. Um, I don't think it's Ghost Galaxy, but it is a completely in the dark Space Mountain, which I don't know if you've ever tried to ride Space Mountain with your eyes closed. It's not pleasant. No. It's and, very rough. And, you know, I mean, Florida Space Mountain is rough in, in general. That's true. <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, Ben's upset. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Ben? Is it because we're dissing uh, all your things? Well, it's a good. R- we didn't say it was a bad ride. It's just a rough time. It is. I mean, it's it it is on par with uh, with Matterhorn. And like, I feel like I have scoliosis after I get off of it. <laughs> well, I mean, what's a good roller coaster without an imminent like fear of death? You know? that's, uh, that's true. The I, I have, I could list a lot of roller coasters that don't have an imminent theme <laughs> fear of death. Oh, very good. Uh, anyway, we don't have the same concept of thrill ride. Enough. <laughs> so enough about those casual overlays this is a what the fuck star wars episode so getting back to star wars as star wars took over tomorrowland space mountain was too taken over by star wars now we in this version of the ride we are on a reconnaissance mission to the planet jakku to investigate the presence of an imperial star destroyer as you enter the queue the typical mysterious space mountain sounds have vanished and now we hear tie fighters and x-wings as well as more of that classic john williams score the queue is designed to build tension as you gear up to your the large task that you're about to take on on your mission. Uh, you set out up the lift hill and hear the opening music uh, from the rocket speakers. Next, you hear the voices of rebel pilots, the blue squadron in their X-wings, checking in with the rebel leader. The second lift hill takes you into hyperspace. As you come out, several TIE fighters from the First Order zoom past your rocket and fire their blasters all around you. The Blue Squadron is actually a nod to the original Star Wars films. Luke's X-Wing Squadron from the early drafts of the first Star Wars films was supposed to be blue. It was later changed to red because shooting a ship with blue marks on the side in front of a green screen is just setting yourself up for a problem. Uh, your ship is called Blue Squadron 77, which is a re- reference to the year Star Wars was released. It was also conveniently the year Space Mountain opened at Disneyland. Ooh. It's funny because I I actually equate Space Mountain at Disneyland as the first version of Space Mountain because my brain says Disneyland was the first for everything. But the mm. Magic Kingdom one opened with the park in 71. Yeah, that breaks my brain sometimes. I, I, I do the same thing. Yeah, it's because you think that Space Mountain is a classic Disneyland attraction, but it's actually right. a classic Walt Disney World attraction. Wild. It's better at Disneyland. I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, as you finish your climb to the top of the lift hill, forces have joined in the battle around an Imperial Star Destroyer with their lasers firing all around. You hear Admiral Akbar say, it's a trap. And you need to get out of there. That's a trap. <laughs> As you speed down the mountain, there are clashes all around you with a narrow escape from encounters with TIE fighters. 
Your speed increases as the leader of the blue squadron says, let's blow this thing and go home. Wink. Success. No, Brian, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, finish what you were going to say, Ben. The Star Destroyer explodes and then it's back into hyperspace in the re-entry tunnel back to Earth. Gross. I can't. Now I'll never be able to ride this ride, Brian. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Look, there was a Twitter, there was a Twitter meme that was going around. It's like name, like name a Star Wars quote that you could also say in the bedroom, and that was that was my answer was let's blow this thing and go home. So good. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> is it me? It is you. Oh, it is me. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. What did I say about that beer I was drinking? It's really high now. <laughs> I think you said it's time for another. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any more cold ones Sad. Uh, uh, now hyperspace mountain and seasons of the force was so successful that it spawned some of the other parks uh to transform their space mountains into classic hyperspace and as mentioned before seasons of the force wasn't just in disneyland the most controversial version of the ride was actually the one in disneyland paris and to talk about why we kind of have to go over the history of the whole ride so the Disneyland Paris version of Space Mountain is actually the most original version of the ride. So most of them are just that like copy paste wild mouse kind of situation of like, go in a circle a bunch of times, go across, go in a circle a bunch of times, go across, call it a day. But originally the Disneyland Paris one was themed to Jules Verne's, Jules Verne's classic 1965 novel From the Earth to the Moon, which first opened on june 1st 1995 this was 1865 by the way <laughs> did i say 1965 yeah you did <laughs> god fucking damn it thank you his 1865 novel the ride opened in 1995 now you're caught up this was three years into the park opening uh disneyland paris's tomorrowland was not space age themed but classic steampunk to give it more of a timeless feel in this area it's the only space mountain to feature inversions and a launch. It also has a, a synchronized audio track and was the first full circuit launch coaster ever, which oh, I, I did not know that until doing this research. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it's the big yeah. brother of every launched coaster now. It's kind yeah, of crazy. It, it is like the great, 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 great grandfather of Velocicoaster. Hooray. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> That's what I heard. You know, it's funny because I hadn't had Disneyland Paris on my radar. Uh, like, I knew I wanted to go at some point. Like, my wife mm -hmm. and I, we went on a, a honeymoon, like a month-long honeymoon in Europe. And when we were in Paris, I was kind of like, I'd like to go to Disneyland Paris. But, you know, I didn't want to, like, push my luck too hard. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, and so we never, we didn't go. Uh, and that wasn't a huge issue at that point. Uh, but it wasn't until... Uh, the the Imagineering story came on Disney yeah. Plus, and I saw like the episode about Disneyland Paris. I was, and I I saw the the beautiful castle, the castle and Tomorrowland were the big things that like I need to see Disneyland Paris at some point. So yeah, Disneyland Paris is. I still think it is like the bastard Disney park. It is. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, that's rivaled with Hong Kong as well, but yeah, you know, they're both kind of you know neck and neck there. Which. That one's going to come up on this topic too. Um, but 
I still think that Disneyland Paris is the the bastard park, but I think it's because they didn't want it. Yeah, <laughs> it no, wasn't a wanted didn't. park, so it it's not a park that they put a lot of attention into. Um, so, but th- that's kind of why this overlay was really controversial because the original version of this ride was very good. It's so unique, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So rewinding. Uh, as we know, the budget of Disneyland Paris was so inflated that cuts came almost right away. Due to the low attendance and low spending in the first few years of operation, much of Paris's Tomorrowland, named Discoveryland, was cut. Unlike the recent trend of Tokyo visitors, Paris visitors did not visit the park in cold weather. It was decided that the park's only indoor roller coaster, Discovery Mountain, later renamed to Space Mountain, would be the wisest choice for this land. The first version of Space Mountain, De La Terre. Ter- Good luck De with La- that French. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, De La Terre a la Luna uh, from the Earth <laughs> to the Moon, planned from the beginning, but was reserved for a revival of public interest. Basically, it was always planned to be an expansion. As we know, this version of Space Mountain was designed to be a view on space travel from the Jules Verne era perspective. In the first induction of this ride, guests would enter the mountain and get ushered into an inside queue known as the Stellar Way. In the Stellar Way, you would see the coaster and watch the ride trains make their journey into space. So you would, the queue is actually outside and the loading platform is outside. um, And the launch is like partially outside of the of the show building Mm. um and for those of you all who have never seen this this launch is like it's the launch is also a lift hill uh similar to the hulk at uh, islands of adventure it looks Ah. almost identical actually yeah um so the we would then go into the victorian chambers of the baltimore gun club which is the the uh organization that built this cannon and discovers the plans and drawings of the Columbiad cannon, a giant cannon capable of launching you on a journey to the moon. Then you board your copper and bronze trains and have a great time. Oh yeah. The trains would take you through a tunnel into the Columbiad cannon. Uh, as blast off occurs, the trains suddenly get launched out of the Columbiad to the top of the mountain. Uh, space travel begins with riders passing through a field of asteroids. The trains narrowly avoid being swallowed by Colonel Impey Barbicane's Blue Moon Mining Machine. Say that five times fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an in- industrial space machine built by the president of the Gun Club to extract mineral resources from asteroids. After escaping this danger, the train passes through an opening in the large asteroid and climbs a lift hill with a projection of the moon. And we will absolutely share this space. But what the fuck is this? What? <laughs> who? Who let this happen? This I moon, love Majora's Mask. He's so scary. <laughs> the, okay, so I was thinking about it because this moon like rivals the fear of Eric Idle Moon. Oh no! From from Journey into Imagination. But here's the thing. Who designed Disneyland Paris? Do we remember who the lead designer on that park was? Was it, uh, what's his name? Uh, None other than Tony Baxter. Tony Baxter, yeah. Guess who also designed the Journey into Imagination ride? Uh Uh-oh. Tony motherfucking Baxter. Like, come on. What's with you and the faces on the moon, man? What's up with the faces on the moon, Tony Baxter? 
Uh, terrifying. I'm, I'm convinced that this photo is gonna is what is going to make Q to Q Twitter famous. <laughs> on on Diz Twitter, I think this is the one because I think it will rival uh, Disney Delete's Goofball very well. Oh, I love Goofball so much. Goofball's great. <laughs> anyway, this photo, nightmare fuel. Thanks. I'll never sleep again. You're welcome, Ben. Oh, it's me. Uh, if writers look to their left they could see a road sign placed on an asteroid saying to the moon and on the right you would see jules verne himself the trains then head back to earth while passing through another asteroid field riders see bolts of light and light rays around the trains as they re-enter earth's atmosphere and safely return to the station so in september of 2004 le visionarium closed which led to a significant change in discovery lands ip so le visionarium was a show in Disneyland's Tomorrowland that was very, I think it was the same as the timekeeper. It was like the French timekeeper. Um, Space Mountain would get a whole new refurbishment for its 10th anniversary. Um, so Space Mountain Mission 2 got an entire external repaint and took riders beyond the moon to the very edge of our universe. Woo-hoo. For this, uh, the launch was changed to begin at the bottom of the ride track instead of the top. Uh, the Victorian setting was changed to receive modern futuristic elements. The trains got a repaint to silver and a new soundtrack by Michael Giancino was added. That's such a good score. Is it? Is I haven't it... actually listened to it. I mean, I assume it's the same as the Disneyland and Disney World one. It's like... I don't know. Maybe. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like that's the current Space Mountain theme. Uh, guests would enter the mountain on the side and were ushered into a futuristic dimly lit corridor be, uh, featuring photos of several cosmic phenomena that replaced the former stellar way. Uh, then you would enter the same Victorian lounge lounges of the Baltimore Gun Club, which featured now the plans for the Columbia Cannon and the journey to a supernova, not the moon. The guests would board the trains and make their way into the tunnel leading to the cannon. Guests would hear a countdown followed by a launch beyond the moon. Space travelers encountered many outer space objects like comets, planets, and asteroids. When you reach the supernova, you would see it explode and destroy all of its nearby surroundings. Apparently not you, but whatever. Plot holes. You (laughs) You begin your return to Earth by passing through a field of melting asteroids. Again, how are you not being affected by this? <laughs> In order to return to Earth, you must go through a hypergate, which is a red vortex-like wormhole, which represented a shortcut through the universe as you returned safely to the station. Well, listen, you didn't come here for Space Mountain content. You came here for Star Wars content. So getting back to Hyperspace Mountain, in 2017, Space Mountain Mission 2 closed indefinitely um, on January 8th, 2017, to make way for its newest iteration, Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain. The refurb came along for the 25th anniversary of the park, uh, along with new Star Wars projections, permanent blue Victorian styles. Vacoma, it's a brand. Styles Vacoma trains and shoulder vests were added to the ride. After, hold on. Entering. (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) Apparently I didn't proofread this part of this episode. (laughs) Um, After... Excuse me? Just keep reading. You'll see it. (laughs) I'm upset already. (laughs) 
After entertaining, at fuck, after entering the dome, guests are ushered into a long black corridor with pictures of the X Wings and Tie Fighters. A video can be what? Tie Fighters. Shut up, Brand. A video can be seen of a woman traveling, telling space travelers about the mission and safety restrictions. You proceed once again to the to the hall of the Baltimore Gun Club. Why is this involved in a space mountain? Right, no one knows. The Baltimore Gun Club is my favorite part of Star Wars. They are the most prominent. Someone had to make um, the blasters. <laughs> and by the way, the blueprints of the mission propulsion device can be seen. This is the only part of the ride that has not changed. The device is, as you guessed it, the Columbiad Space Cannon. It's <laughs> capable of launching you and your spacecraft into hyperspace. Um, it's weird because like the Star Wars that we watch all the time never mentions earth like earth is not a thing that we care about in star wars Mm -hmm. but this kind of is like no no earth is a planet that exists in star wars there's just not a story about it (laughs) i I mean that would be wild if like at some point star wars made a story that was in earth but if it's a long time ago then it's like okay so do we want to make this Victorian era? Like a long time ago is Victorian. Sure. Uh, that'd be really fascinating. Like everyone's like, like every other planet we're in space, we got hyperspace, we got this. And then they end up in this Victorian <laughs> era. Or just like, I guess that's why that we don't see earth in star Wars theoretically, yeah. because it was a long time ago, long time ago could be anywhere between a hundred to millions of years ago. So maybe earth was just like, there were dinosaurs so they didn't care i would love to watch ray land on earth and have to fight a raptor yes i mean also you know there's the whole a galaxy far away part i mean they're all far far away from each other right like they're all yeah i mean technically in star wars canon there's no travel outside the galaxy it's all kind of combined confined but anyway Mm. let's go back to it (laughs) all right inner star wars are coming up all right uh, guests then enter the loading station where they board their vehicles. Uh, you move into the tunnel where John Williams' iconic Star Wars theme plays before you enter the cannon. After a brief lecture from Admiral Akbar, a command to launch is given and the Columbiad fires and launches you into hyperspace. Side note, French Admiral Akbar is something to behold. <laughs> I need to hear this. Uh, we, I, will, I will share the ride through at some point so you can hear it. It's quite astounding. Can't wait. So upon arrival in Jakku, a group of Thais ambush you um, as you bob and weave through the dogfight as laser volleys uh, between the ships. With the Thais destroyed, the blue squadron fires at a nearby Star Destroyer and strikes a critical blow at the bridge. Then you launch again to hyperspace to lead back to the station. So this retheme was more or less the same ride. It was just with the the different ride system than the other space mountains. Right. Um, which is why I didn't go into detail. Upon and upon this announcement of the Paris retheme, many were not so satisfied, claiming that one, it did not fit into the land's theme, which, you know, true. Um, since Discovery Land was not a quote space themed in a traditional sense, people complained that it was an unnecessary shoehorn. Paris also had a seasons of the force celebration starting in 2018. But these festivities actually took place at Walt Disney Studios Park, not Disneyland, which is where Discoveryland is. So it was kind of this weird 
disconnect. It is now rumored that Disneyland's Hyperspace Mountain will return to Mission 2 sometime in 2021, but with the pandemic happening, who knows if that'll still be the case. I doubt it. I bet you it's not a priority. Why would it be? I think, I, so I do think that it might be a priority because I believe Walt Disney Studios Park is going to be where they put in their version of Galaxy's Edge. They're supposed to get Galaxy's Edge, but and- without, uh, it's not going to have the... Uh, uh, the Millennium Falcon ride is just going to have Rise of the Resistance. Got it. They're also getting Arendelle, right? I think Japan's getting Arendelle. Got it. I want to go to Arendelle. That looks insane. Yeah. That looks incredible. It's either Japan. Uh, it's either Japan or Shanghai. One of the two is getting Arendelle. We're getting beefy on our immersions here. Yeah, it's exciting. Because Diagon Alley opened and they went fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last but not least, you had Hong Kong's Hyperspace Mountain, similar to Disneyland Paris version of the ride. It's Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain overlay theming. Originally meant to be temporary, but has become the permanent theme of the ride. The queue area has been fully refurbished with the addition of a full-sized replica X-Wing, a character meeting area, as well as a gray and white Star Wars queue line theme. Although some elements of the original queue have also remained intact, such as the planet models and star patterns, the ride storyline is identical to the Disneyland Paris version. Which is almost identical to the California one. (laughs) (laughs) What can you do? Uh, Executive creator, director Brent Strong led the transformation of Space Mountain at Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Hong Kong Disneyland. He said, one of the things that we recognized was that while Space Mountain doesn't necessarily have a plot or story, it definitely has a structure to it, said Strong. It definitely has a beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah, he also said that there's actually a moment in Hong Kong Disneyland where as you come around the final turn, before you get to the Star Destroyer, you actually fly right through the whole squadron of TIE fighters. And in rapid succession, there's a TIE fighter on the left and on the right and then on the left. We see our laser beams come from our vehicles and explode those TIE fighters, and it feels like you're going right through the center of the battle. We loved it so much in Hong Kong that we duplicated it again in Paris. When we had made the opportunity to come back and upgrade Hyperspace Mountain in California, we made sure we found a spot to put it. So it seems that Disneyland did it, they copied it over in Hong Kong, and then they made it over in Paris, and then when they were, it's that whole like, we did it was inspired by the the thing which is inspired by the thing and then inspired by the thing which is mm-hmm. the joke about pirates of the caribbean is like pirates <laughs> of the caribbean inspired the movie which inspired the ride mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's what it seems like happened with hyperspace mountain because it was just that successful uh the longest part of the transformation after the initial design the turnover to transform the classic Space Mountain ride to Hyperspace Mountain only takes an hour, takes only an hour, and that would be putting up the marquee sign. Hyperspace Mountain is actually a tie into The Force Awakens. It's a prequel. The battle you are part of is the battle that Rey is scavenging from the wrecks of on Jakku at the start of the movie. Which is honestly genius. Yeah. <laughs> that it's it has a timeline of like, nope, this is the battle. And when you watch the movie, and beside the fact that the Disneyland one opened before the movie came out. So it's like, if you rode the ride before you watched the movie, it's a literal prequel that you watched. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, oh shit. I find it so funny that like they, 
they are so very specific about the timeline and all this when the original star tours was just like sure there was a third death star who cares (laughs) (laughs) you just want to go and blow up the death star yes original star tours my fave bring it back everybody that's actually one of our most popular episodes star tours really the star tours episode yeah people are like like, please bring it back (laughs) and on top of that like the adventure continues like sometimes you might see the like the original trilogy version of stormtroopers but then you'll be doing like you know sequel trilogy stuff later on it's like what is this am i going back like is this back to the future of the ride like what am i doing oh my god seriously like continuity eh screw Eh. it who needs it (laughs) So like many successful overlays, Hyperspace Mountain looks like it's here to stay. Uh, Many things from the original seasons of the Force Celebration stuck around in Disneyland, Hollywood Studios, and Disneyland Paris. And I really hope that the pastry menace stuck around. (laughs) The pastry menace. Oh, my God. Uh, If it didn't, it's a damn shame. Um, I just need a Photoshop of Darth Maul turning on his lightsabers, but on each side, it's just a giant eclair. Oh, see, I was thinking it's an eclair with with the lightsaber but i like yours better ben (laughs) (laughs) um cayenne pepper gives it a little extra spice a little kick (laughs) uh but hollywood studios would get a new fireworks show which has stayed um when they were doing fireworks because obviously pandemic this is pandemic aside everyone um hollywood studios would also get the dumb path of the jedi that no one ever wanted but hey it keeps an empty theater warm um and california also got the path of the jedi um Paris got a new time, proje- a new nighttime projection show based on Star Wars on the Tower of Terror, which a ride Scott deemed a clone of the worst version of that ride. And you thought here that the drinking rule was over. <laughs> um, Star Wars, a galaxy far, far away was a live show that brought iconic Star Wars moments to life at Hollywood Studios and then later Paris. So like that ride, that show that was outside of the Chinese theater, that show is the one we're talking about here um star wars a galactic spectacular was yet another live fireworks show at vhs and walt disney studios park and star wars command post was a meet and greet attraction with chewbacca and r2d2 at hong kong disneyland which replaced their stitch encounter so it no matter what we do here obviously galaxy's edge has just been opened but it seems that star wars shoehorning is never going to go away no that is true it is just too popular and there are many people who are fans of star wars that will say like this series is better than another series which is better than another series but i'm of the opinion that rebooting star wars every few years is fantastic and is like transgenerational like people who have children now who are watching star wars yes they're seeing the newer trilogy which you have your opinions of but it's just yet another generation of kids that is learning to love the Star Wars movies. For mm-hmm. sure. I was uh, I was in sixth grade when Phantom Menace came out. So I have the I have such a strong fondness for Phantom Menace. I know it's a bad movie. It's a <laughs> shit movie, but I love it. I love <laughs> Phantom Menace. If I have to choose like one Star Wars movie to watch for the day, it's always Phantom Menace. Oh, I'm really? No admitting that. See, I disagree with that. was the first that. one I ever saw in theaters. <laughs> oh, yeah, same same yep. here. I, no, actually, no. I did see the uh, the special editions in theaters. So I did see those in theaters first. But yeah, Phantom Menace, like I saw it probably like 
six or seven times in theaters mm-hmm. uh it happened it also happened to be around the, like uh titanic was also in theaters around the same time so my mom and my sister would go see that and i would go see star it would wars. just drop you off at star wars <laughs> yeah yeah it was great uh but the day man like yeah i i feel the same way like i, I there's something that is so weird about star wars fans being dicks about new stuff like gatekeeping it right right yeah. the gatekeeping is awful and i'm like okay you don't like the sequels who cares guess what your three movies that you love are still there my dude yeah. <laughs> and like you can still enjoy those without even seeing anything else i love the sequel trilogy i, I you know i have my issue i have my issues with the last one but like uh like rise of skywalker is fine there's some things i don't like about it but i love uh uh the last jedi and i love uh uh, force awakens and you know I, I i just love star wars in general and the more the better i wasn't really raised on star wars um like they were they existed in my life but they weren't like i hadn't seen all of them the only thing i knew was i knew all of the words to the saga begins by weird al because it was on a radio <laughs> disney cd um which That's is amazing. why which is why i think I know the plot of the Phantom Menace so well because I knew all of the words to that song. But the only Star Wars film I've seen in theaters was The Force Awakens. Um, and I really liked it. I, I've said that I I don't really like, not that I don't like them, but I, I think that the original trilogy is still the strongest part of that, that series. Um, but and i've said before that gets me weird opinions is that the eighth movie is a great movie not a great star wars movie because i think they just like started doing things that were like excuse me what (laughs) like they introduced a lot of things in the eighth movie but um See, I, I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because sure. I feel like every movie, like every Star Wars movie does that. Like, if, I, I think the great thing, the thing that's great about Star Wars is that, like, as opposed to, like, say, Star Trek. Star Trek is science fiction where, like, they say, this is something that is possible and here is why it is possible. Star Wars doesn't need to do that. Star Wars just says, we have space, we have hyperspace travel. We have this, we have that. And so, like, they can introduce something uh, as a concept and be like, this works, and it doesn't really matter why it works, because we have essentially magic, you know? And I and so a lot of people complain about, uh, about Last Jedi, saying, like, oh, it comes up with all these weird things that we've never seen before. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, we didn't have double-sided lightsabers until Phantom Menace. Like, you know, like, I, I, think, I think every... Like, and what the original trilogy should have double-sided lightsabers because the time like the first time someone saw that everyone would be like whoa cool double-sided lightsabers i want two two sides on my lightsaber yet no one used them in the original trilogy yeah it's a weird like loophole yeah Um. so like i think it's a little weird that like yeah because i love i think that's something that the star wars series can do so well it's like okay we can introduce something people always get mad uh, i think one thing that people got really mad about with last jedi is that they talk about oh we only have so much fuel left and they never they have never talked about fuel at any point in the star wars series at this point and i'm like first off that's wrong because they talk about fuel cells and they uh like uh on the death star they talk about this like there are several moments in the original trilogy where they talk about fuel they don't make it a big story point 
they chose to do that in Last Jedi. But also, you know? I love that that's the complaint is it's like f- they've never talked about fuel before. And it's like, logically, there is fuel in space. Right. right. <laughs> and I, you know, I love and I thought that was really a really great thing that they did in um, uh, in Solo. Like that, like that, like solo was so much about okay like you know these people are like these people are uh you know uh they're stealing f- or they they have fuel they're like they're they're fine they're finding this fuel and selling it and you know stealing it have a heist for it and i think it's great because that's something that, like, that we deal with every day here on, like, on this planet you know yeah. and like it, it it makes sense that would make that that would happen in a galaxy far far away too yeah. Anyway, Star Wars fans are dorks. Yeah, they're big old Including dorks. Including me. I'm a dork so, too. <laughs> so final thoughts on Hyperspace Mountain. So Brian, you said you love it, but the the opinion of overlay, overlays, right? Mm-hmm. Ha- Hyperspace Mountain goes away and comes back, right? Yes, it does. So like, I think uh, like my wife and I, we'd been to Disneyland uh, back in 2019. I think it was it was that it was hyperspace mountain but when we went in 2020 i think it was regular space mountain so yeah i think it goes back and forth so how do you feel about the idea of like the fact that paris obviously they just said that it's rumored that it's going back to mission mission two Mm -hmm. um but hong kong took it and ran with it like complete overhaul it's permanent as far as disney is permanent obviously things change within time but Mm. so i think if this is where i stand with it like i think that at disneyland and places where where these rides have been like these rides have been space mountain for so long yeah they probably shouldn't stay star wars for too long they should probably move it back and forth here and there um hong kong you know it's it's such a newish park like it's still fairly new right it's like you know that was like the 2010s that that park opened no i think hong kong is older shanghai is, is the one that's older yeah. newer than yeah Shanghai's okay um, yeah, shanghai is the new one i think hong kong disneyland was the was like 2005 i think that was the the okay. year that eisner got ousted it's still pretty so it's still a you're pretty yeah, new yeah i feel like that's like i feel like it's still not so precious there like yeah you know if, if a ride's been there since the 70s yeah maybe you should you know go back to it every so often you go back to the original and keep it uh, keep it as much as you can uh in that you know going back to last week your your episode last week you know the uh tower of terror tower of terror didn't open at disneyland california disney california adventure until like 2004 right like i i went there that like i went there with my dad that summer and they were giving us stickers every time we got off the ride and because it was california adventure in the early years there was no line <laughs> so like i had like there was a point where i had like five tower of terror stickers on my shirt Love it. <laughs> and, uh so people got upset about them retheming that and i'm like but it hasn't been here that long who cares you know um so i think that yeah for the older parks yeah go back and forth Hong Kong, I don't care so much, but you know, the locals might have something to say about that. I doubt it. I doubt the locals in Hong Kong have something to say about Star Wars and Disneyland. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a different culture, entirely different. Yeah. They're so used to that turnover over there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
hyperspace mountain i want to ride it if there's it's ever great. been i would some, love to it's super there, fun it looks like a great time i like i said like i've never ridden the overlay at magic kingdom for the halloween season and i think that it would also be really fun um that was the i know that the space mountain overlay the first time they did it was in 2018 that was the year that i was there gotcha um so it's a fairly new new thing and they add a new overlay during halloween every year it seems like over in magic kingdom so um yeah i would love to ride it i i like i love overlays i think they're really fun at the idea of like this is a temporary thing that is Mm -hmm. that is gonna we're gonna go back to the normal thing but it's a change up um like i actually get sad that disney world doesn't do the jingle cruise Uh uh-huh because it's 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 good but i so i uh for uh what do you call it for a haunted mansion holiday Mm -hmm. i i see why people get upset about that it lasts too long it lasts too long it should start like they should start the con the uh, conversion november 1st like there's no reason why i should be going in october uh, on haunted mansion and it's christmas themed there's no reason that it should be august right right (laughs) and i think and you know i think scott and i talked about this on on theme park this at one point like i the people who do who are in charge of making that decision to do the overlay don't understand that nightmare before christmas is a christmas movie is more a christmas movie than it is a halloween movie and you know i think when you you want to go on haunted mansion you want to be you want it to be spooky and night and the haunted mansion holiday is it's it's christmas themed it's more christmas and so yeah it should be november 1st to january 1st or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know but i think they i think it, it i think the issue is it costs so much money for them to you know change it over that they want to make sure they're getting bang for their buck sure and guess what disney you're a billion dollar corporation just, just eat that cost eat it eat <laughs> it um well that concludes this week's episode of the QDQ podcast. Brian, thank you so much for joining us again. It's thank always you for a pleasure. Having me. <laughs> I had so much fun. Is there anything you want to plug before you leave? Where can we find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. My my Twitter handle is at BoardATX. Uh, you can find me shit posting about Cats the movie because you know, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, also, you can find me on Theme Park This. Theme Park This is. Uh, uh, my podcast along with Scott from last week uh, and uh, but uh, me and Scott and, Ky- and our uh, other co-host Kyle we all uh, we take an IP and we make a theme park out of it you know usually it's an IP that is uh, you know under underused or not used at all in the theme park and we make you know e-ticket rides we talk about we you know, what kind of dining we would have uh, it's a lot of fun it's uh, it's it's, a, it's such a blast we're gonna have becca on we're actually recording <laughs> next week right. with becca uh we need to have ben on at some point too so ben i was gonna say i'm whatever you whatever you uh, want to talk got about my invite yet <laughs> no, 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 you're invited yes okay uh... scott should have invited you last week jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem uh, yeah so uh, we're coming back uh i think may 6th may 6th i think is the date uh and our first episode back is muppets i Ooh. can't wait 
yeah i i may have i i I may have spoiled like the e-ticket riot because we were talking about uh uh, like we were talking about muppets on our uh fast pass episode the other day and i was and scott got mad at me for (laughs) essentially pitching a muppets ride i um I genuinely think that your podcast is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Oh, it thank is, you. It is so very chaotic. I mentioned it last week when Scott was here of the the American Adventure or the American World Showcase was like, I I mean I tweeted I was live tweeting at you guys the whole time I was <laughs> listening to it because it was it was genuinely such a a blast to listen to. Um, and I can't wait for uh, I'm going to be with you guys next week to record. So. Who knows when it will actually drop, but stay tuned for a familiar, familiar voice. I, I could probably look it up, but I don't want to. <laughs> nah, it's a surprise. They'll find out eventually. Um, but with that, um, before we go, we're just going to talk about where you can find our bonus content, where we can talk about everything except theme parks over at patreon.com slash Q to Q. Probably going to have some we have bonus content from the disney mandela effect and learning about drunk animals over there it's a a party time um sure is fun and then you can find us on twitter at q the number two q on instagram at q underscore two underscore q and on facebook at q two q you can also hop over to teespring links in all of our bios where you can purchase our uh new merch that has our um Q to Q logo and we have some some stuff coming up for hopefully you're going to launch a summer collection of stupid inside jokes between us but if you listen to the pod and you like our dumb chaos you might see some familiar phrases over there so thanks so much Brian one more time and thank you we will see you guys next week bye 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 bye